Hello, welcome to the Fringe Following. My name is Ronnie, and with me I have Michelle. It is August 8th, 2020. Today we're going to be discussing George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, where that currently is now, and uh, what we feel is what had happened uh, over the summer. And what do you have for us, Michelle? Great. Thank you, Ronnie. Um, What happened this past week is that some footage was leaked of the police body cam um, worn by, I believe it was worn by Thomas Lane, and that was leaked to the public. Now, we have to go back a little ways. We first... When we first learned of George Floyd was on May 25th, and um, it was the footage of him being held under by the cop. And we all know that footage, and I'm sure anyone that's listening to this has seen it. Um, And then we didn't see, we didn't get any body cam footage of um, anything. And then we actually got to see some grocery store footage of um, its camera kind of far off and the um, SUV that George Floyd was in and he was driving was blocked because it was on the passenger side and it it just like kind of blocked everything that happened with George Floyd. But, you know, a lot of people have, has used that video to further prove um, their interpretation of events, the narrative that this was definitely a, a racially motivated crime. And it wasn't until July 16th that the judge finally authorized that the body cam footage could be seen, but it could only be seen um, by people who come to the courthouse and watch it. They are not allowed to record it. It is not allowed to be released to the press. So that was going on since July 16th. And then on April 3rd, the Daily Mail leaked the whole video of the body cam. And the whole video, I want everyone to know, is eight minutes and 38 seconds. A lot of what you'll see on mainstream media is about two minutes of video, carefully spliced video that shows George Floyd at his most vulnerable moments, making it look like he was definitely taken advantage of and um, not listened to and his cries for help weren't heard and he was a helpless man. However, if you look at the full eight minutes and 38 seconds, um, it tells a completely different story. Those to me is just a really blatant show of how you can just take anything, whether it's a quote, whether it's a video and splice out what you don't want everyone else to see and splice in what you do want to see to support the viewpoint that you're trying to get across. And as I was searching for the full video, very few networks, I saw it on the Daily Mail and I saw it on an Australian newspaper, very few networks actually show the the full video because if they did, it would be an entirely different story. He resisted arrest in this full video several, several times. He did not listen to direction. When you are under arrest, if you do not do what the cop does, you don't have to be hitting the cop to be resisting arrest. If you don't do what the cop asks you to do, you are resisting arrest. He was clearly high out of his mind, incredibly paranoid. He, um, his Passengers were told to get out of the car. They were a little belligerent, but um, in the end they complied. And then they said, he has problems all the time. 
And then one of the cops actually asked him, are you on something? And he said, no. But later on, I'll show you that his toxicology reports actually show quite the contrary. And the cop to me was nothing but professional. He said that he can't breathe even when no one was touching him. Is he says he's claustrophobic, so he refuses to get into the cop car. And because of that refusal, when he goes out the other side of the cop car, that is when the cop decides to hold him down. We don't know that because all we see is him being held down in most of the videos. However, it is good to point out that when they initially came upon George Floyd, he was in his car in the driver's seat. If he was so claustrophobic, why was he in his car? <laughs> So if he, if it's true that he was so claustrophobic and that was really freaking him out, then why was he asking to, you know, why was he refusing to get in the cop car because it was claustrophobic when they initially got to him, he was in a, in a vehicle. So that makes absolutely no sense. So, well, what, uh, what was in his toxicology report? So what was in his toxicology report, I actually posted it. We, we have a Facebook page and it's called The Fringe Following. And a lot of the material that I will be seeing, um, that I will be reviewing in order to give you um, these reports, I'm going to be posting on there. So you can double check, check it out, check for yourself, Google the topics yourself, find them yourself. It's sometimes really hard to find narratives that are contrary to the overall narrative. So sometimes you have to just search. So that's one of the reasons I'm posting links. So, you know, I, I posted the full video, all eight minutes and 38 seconds. So you can go on there, click. If it doesn't get pulled, of course. I, you know, put on a commentary by the Hodge twins. Very interesting about it. Um, about the toxicology report. Now, he had fentanyl in his system and it was 11 nanograms per milliliter. He also had methamphetamine in his system, which was 19 nanograms per milliliter. He also had norfentanyl in his system, 5.6 nanograms per milliliter. Cannabinoids were presumed positive, amphetamines were presumed positive, and metabolites of fentanyl were presumed positive. And he also had 86 nanograms of free morphine in his system. That's a, that's quite a yeah. cocktail. Yeah. It's quite a cocktail. But when you start digging into it, because I, I, I really wanted to find out what those numbers mean. I'm not a doctor. So I started looking online, you know, was he, you know, could this have been the cause of his death? And it's fascinating that not many people agree that this could be the cause of his death. In fact, somebody called out TMZ because they changed it, like his cause of death to drug overdose. And that was oh, wrong. That's not what the actual, you know, autopsy said. Um, so I looked up a doctor, his name's Dr. Bernard, and he actually is going off the video from the grocery store cam, the one that shows George, uh, George Floyd getting out of his car and it's very distant and kind of hard to see him. And he went off of that saying that you have to look at the patient as well as the um, toxicology report to determine if they are truly in an overdose state or not. And I, I respect that. So um, another thing is, I don't know if you know this, Ronnie, did you know he was positive for coronavirus? Yeah, I did. Which yeah. I wondered why, if that was saying, uh, you know, cause I'm, I don't know. I've heard some people 
go take the test and they're positive for it and then they go later and they're negative for it. I don't know. So I don't know how much weight this holds for George Floyd, but it made me wonder because he kept saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And we all know that, you know, coronavirus or COVID-19 can affect the lungs. And that, that, that made me wonder. And then with that combined with him being, I'm assuming he was high, correct? So, um, yes. right. Which added to the paranoia. Maybe that's why he was saying that. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm thinking if you have a disease that's a respiratory ailment, I can't imagine that drugs that are known to suppress your respiratory system, I can't imagine that those two would go together nicely. Mm -hmm. So even if he was asymptomatic or somewhat compromised, if it was true that we don't know if he was asymptomatic or not, but if he did have some symptoms or was showing signs, you know, there's no way now to know tracing it back, what was the true cause of death? Um, as they went through Dr. Bernard, Bernard, um, and he's also on YouTube, YouTube, and it's, um, his video is called George Floyd toxicology, toxicology report explained. And he went into these numbers. Now fentanyl, once again, let me repeat, it was nine, it was 11 nanograms per, um, per milliliter, I think was in his blood. Yeah. And so um, the doctor did say that um, an opiate can cause someone to stop breathing. Oh. And he said, is 11 enough? And he goes, possibly. And then, but he said, but you can't discount the cops. Da, da, da. He was definitely working the whole video towards, no, this these, these numbers don't matter. But even he could admit that possibly it could create that. And then he said that um, in a, there was a study in 2016 of 500 fa- fatal overdoses in New Hampshire. And the range of fentanyl in the system of somebody that died from a fentanyl overdose was anywhere from 0.75 nanograms to 113 nanograms, um, with an average of 9.96 nanograms per milliliter. Once again, George Floyd had 11 nanograms. But the doctor, again, if you want to listen to the video on CSI, please do. He does explain that it does, you know, it can be according to weight. And George Floyd, he was 6'4 and 223 pounds. So he wasn't, you know, if you're overweight, you're actually going to carry it longer. And he should have had more in his system for a size. And he goes into a long explanation. I encourage you to listen to it and draw your own conclusions. For me, it just felt like he was trying to prove a thesis that he had already decided (laughs) without really looking at it all. Plus, Mm -hmm. he's never this last body cam video. No one saw that. This was over a month ago that he did this video and this body cam just came out. He's again going off videos that, you know, were very far away and weren't very conclusive. So anyhow, he also said that fentanyl is different in opioids in that it causes respiratory depression like many opioids do but it also tightens up the respiratory muscles and causes a condition known as wooden chest syndrome. And this can happen at any dose. And he did say that taking both methamphetamine and fentanyl together could increase the changes, the chances that someone could not only stop breathing, but that they couldn't even be ventilated, even if they wanted to be. However, 
the doctors, the good doctor says that the norfentanyl in his system, since he had 5.6 gram nanograms per milliliter of the norfentanyl, it might suggest that it was not Wooden syndrome because apparently the norfentanyl is metabolized fentanyl. And forgive me for all this medical stuff, but whoever's interested in can geek out on it. If not, just know that the conclusions are inconclusive. There are several people that are using these numbers, like everything else in life, to support a certain thesis. But I encourage you to look at all these numbers and look at the information of what these numbers mean and make up your own decisions. So he said that maybe the nor fentanyl in his system suggests that he had metabolized enough fentanyl that it wouldn't have caused this, you know, syndrome. Now, another thing I read that was clearly interesting is what if he gutted his stash? What if he took more, like, what if someone was in his stomach? And this I did not look into. What if he had some in his stomach that hadn't been metabolized yet? And that was part of the issue. Mm. These are all things that people aren't, you know, I don't know. I haven't read the full autopsy report, I admit. I don't even know if I can get a copy of it, but it was really interesting to me um, that, yeah, this could very well have been a drug overdose. I'm sure the cops, you know, knee on the neck did not help the situation. Yeah. Uh, But it just really made me pause. You know, rhetoric is using words and reality towards your own advantage. And this is, to me, an example of, abusing that and, you know, taking the bits and pieces that you want everyone to hear and look at the damage. A lot of innocent people died because media governors and mayors fanned the flames of hatred brought out by an outright lie of racism. Children died, babies died from this, from the outrage and from the riots. And I, I just, it just blows my mind, Ronnie. It just, it, I, I don't know. What, what do you- my take on all of this is that I, you know, I think racism does exist, but it is in a such, I think in this day and age, it's not as bad as it used to be. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because everybody is so sensitive about that. Um, I don't think it's, it's a big as an issue as it used to be. I think I saw st- statistics somewhere that more white people get killed by cops than, than black people. Now, that being said, I'm going to say right now, I mean, I come from a multiracial background, but I'm not black. Um, so I can't, I don't feel like I am a, the best, you know, voice to voice the black community because I'm not in the black community. So I'll just put it out there. I'm not an expert in this in any way. All I can do is discern from what's going on around me and in the media and then make some kind of, you know, I don't know, opinion or insight the best I can. What I do feel happened, um, two things, uh, the way the cops handled it uh, with the knee on the neck thing, I'll, I'll never agree with. I don't think there was a reason for that. Um, cause it looks very sinister and it does appear that's how he died, even if the autopsy doesn't say that. Uh, but it sure looks that way. So it doesn't look good. It doesn't make the cops look good. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I also think that this was the left's way of hijacking a man's death and running with it. Um, because as we all know, 
the Democrats are always using racism, racism, racism all the time. And that's their card. And that's the card they that's the card they pull when things get heated up, you know? Right. Yes. And um, I don't I know there's more, you know, black on black murder, especially in Chicago. We hear it all the time. Um, you know, I know there's police brutality. Um, I don't know if it's as bad as they say it is. I don't know if it's so bad that we have to defund the police. I don't really think so. That's just my opinion. Again, though, I'm not in that community. I can't really speak for that community. So I'm being very, you know, I'm not pandering, but I'm also trying not to, uh, step on my own, you know, tongue here. Um, now, I'll, what I do know is that as soon as this all happened, then Black Lives Matter showed up. And I, I do believe that Black Lives Matter, on paper, it looks good. Um, I, I think there should be awareness brought to every, you know, community as far as, you know, Hispanic, Black, Native American, what have you. Um, I think every group has their issues and whether it's lack of education or whatever it might be. Um, I believe these issues need to be talked about. Um, they need to be addressed and they need to be looked into. However, I did find out though, that black lives matter, uh, the money that's being donated into black lives matter is going to straight to the democratic party. <laughs> so that's, not what, and I, I've seen a lot of, you know, African-American people on, on Twitter and online say that black lives matter. Don't, they don't care about black people. They don't care about the black community. Um, now yeah. they would know better than me that too. Yeah. Right. They would know better than me. Um, right. so I would have to probably agree because if it is, if that money is going to the Democratic Party, that's not going to the black community. What is it going to? To the Democratic Party. <laughs> so they can run their campaign. Um, right. That I don't believe at have all. And, you know, and of course, we'll get we'll get into Joe Biden later, but yeah, another podcast, but we know how, you know, the comments he's made in the past couple of months are cringy. So back to George Floyd. Um and then as we learn about George Floyd, we know he wasn't, you know, uh, the most, what'd you call it? He wasn't a hero. He was a criminal. You know, he did rob people from what I understand. Did you read the same thing? Yeah, that he robbed yeah. a pregnant woman at gunpoint. Right. And yeah. Now, mm -hmm. yeah, that's not to justify anything. No. That's not to justify the cops putting the knee on the neck or anything like that. Um but did, did he deserve a flag folded over? Like I thought that was a, a bit overkill. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and to me, that looks, again, like the Democratic Party, the left, hijacking this man's death and this man's funeral and making it their own cause and to pin it against white people, you know, and against Trump and against, you know, the right and the conservative movement. Um I believe that's really what happened here. So again, I think that's again, not to justify George Floyd's death. He should still be alive. Um, whatever he did, 
What what wasn't he using we like a twenty dollar counterfeit twenty dollar bills or something like that? What was it that he got arrested? Was- not arrested for, but close to being arrested for before and, he died. Yeah, I believe it was a you'd have seen a counterfeit bill. And and that's fine. And so yeah. he was he was still in his car outside and, and they went to his car, but it's when he started resisting everything, refusing right. to resist he resisted arrest. And that of course always gets you in trouble. Don't ar- don't you know, resist arrest. But if you're high out of your mind and you're paranoid. Right. And they don't know if he had the gun on him. I mean, think about it from the cop's point of view. I mean, he's jerky movements. He might have a gun in his backside. You don't know. And this man is resisting arrest and refusing to comply. You know, they never, you know, I just, yeah. I mean, I can see why they would be still following through and, and, you know, not just backing down and letting him go away because he was actively resisting arrest. And that's usually not a good sign. You know, that's usually, you know, definitely not something usually someone innocent will do, you know, not to say that he was guilty or not, or that he deserved it. And I agree with you. I mean, the next thing was extreme. Um, and you know, what he truly died of, we, you know, might not, ever know but how our country has been in disarray since then for two months i the destruction i've seen with my own eyes all in the name of this racially motivated crime that if the body cam footage was released at the same time as this other footage i guarantee you and if it got as much press as the other footage i guarantee you that it wouldn't have created all these riots because you, it, there is nothing in the body cam videos. Not only that, there were two cops that took him down, not just that one. And then the Derek Chauvin, he came in afterwards. And there's nothing to show that it was racially motivated. He was in noncompliance. He was trying to get out of the cop car. He wouldn't go to the cops. It just, you know, and yes, I, I will call the elephant in the room. I am Caucasian. I am not African-American. I cannot speak to this at a personal level. You know, I look sometimes to other African-Americans, um, you know, Candace Owens, I do watch her. Yes, she's a Republican. Yes, some would call her an Uncle Tom. But her treat, tweet on 8-4 said, Minnesota withheld the full George Floyd body cam footage for one reason and one reason only. They knew it would be would immediately dispel this race narrative and they wanted to assist the Democrats in dividing Americans in an election year. And then she says black lies matter. So, you know, this is the black person comment on it. I cannot, you know, fully comment on it. And then the Hodge twins um, are another ones that I watch that are African-American. And they said, if this had been leaked, it would have saved lives. I don't see where it is racially motivated. That's what they're saying. Why wasn't it leaked sooner? The officers gave George Floyd every opportunity to comply. If you are not following a cop's instructions, that is called resisting. And that is against the law. And I just, all of that, and I just think back, it's like the one event this video happened, it went viral, and then we don't get to see any counter argument in the press at all. And it was probably there, but nobody wanted to see it. And instead, it just fed this race narrative that tore our country apart, still tearing our country apart. You know, if it fully comes out that this wasn't racially motivated, is, you know, 
Portland and Seattle, are their mayors going to apologize? Is the mayor of Minneapolis going to apologize? They're letting their cities go downhill. They're defunding the police. Everything that cascaded from this event, being told only half the story, has been an absolute disaster and has been a very awful stain on America. And I just speak to the next thing. Yeah, that, that does look really awful. And it was eight minutes and it was long and excruciating. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. It, it's just really upsetting to me that the, the power of the press, once again, is totally influencing America according to their narrative, you know, and their narrative that they want to show. And the Democrats benefit from this. And of course, the Democrats and the media go hand in hand. I just, yeah, I'm very frustrated. I'm not sure the Democrats are really benefiting from this anymore. I think that they're beginning to show, well, the cards have been dealt and and we know what's on the cards now. That's how I feel about it. I think a lot, I'm hearing that a lot of the black community are leaving the Democratic Party in droves. Really? Um, Yeah. If you um, go on to uh, Twitter or YouTube and you just type in walk away, mm-hmm. uh, walk away is a movement where a lot of people are leaving the Democratic Party because they feel I, like they've I've gone too that. far. Yeah. So what's happened was, you know, Black Lives Matter, they stepped in. Um, mm-hmm. But then also Antifa took over. Yes. And the Black Lives Matter uh, protesters were the ones that were, I believe anyway, I think most of them were out there protesting peacefully. Um, it was not until Antifa came in and um, Antifa is known as a, you know, an anarchist group, a Marxist mm-hmm. group, however you want to label them. Um, and a lot of their symbolism looks a lot like the, you know, with the flag in the hands that looks a lot like what they wore back during Hitler time, during the fascist, yes, you know, yes. regime, if, uh-huh. you look, if you look up the symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from what yeah. I, I'm understanding, though, is a lot of these um, groups like Antifa are being, the money is coming from the George Soros Open Foundation uh, Society. And okay. George Soros is known to um, fund these types of organizations. He's known to meddle in the, you know, in the elections. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, we'll have to maybe cover him some other time. Um, he's a big figure. Yes. I've heard of he him. He is a big figure. Yeah. Yes. He is. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely has a lot to do with the Clintons and the democratic mm-hmm. party. And he's been known to say he wants to tear down our country. Um, so if you look at it and you put it all together, you could say, well, yeah, um, Black Lives Matter got started and then Antifa took over and they were the ones that were really ripping down the statues and, you know, uh, causing lots of mayhem and, and violence. Um, but if you go on to Twitter, you're going to find a lot of people don't agree. Even the, you know, the black community don't agree with the Black Lives Matter. So it's unfortunate, though that Black Lives Matter got lumped into Antifa. It's a very strange, it's very strange how it all played out and how it still seems to be playing out. Uh, I'm not hearing much on the media about a lot of the uh, protests, but I know they're still going on. There's a lot of, still a lot of uh, violence happening. 
there is, especially in Portland. I know people there and just seeing the, the information that they, they give is just crazy. And, and that's another thing is that the press will have people, they will display these protests as, oh, look at the mothers protesting again for Black Lives Matter and, you know, keep it all like kumbaya and woo-woo. And, you know, of course it's okay if it's a peaceful protest, you aren't going to catch COVID that way. You've got natural immunity, supposedly. But in addition, they don't show you all the violence and there's tons of violence still yeah. happening and murders increase and crime increase by hundreds of percents, 300%, 400%. And they're defunding the police in addition. So, of course, crime is only going to, like, go rampant even more. And it just, it's so, you know, um, they don't show you everything. And I, I have friends say, yeah, the statue got torn down in such and such a park, especially in cities that are ran by Democratic mayors or there's Democratic governors in the states. And it's just, um, it's... It's like, why? And then I will hear my liberal friends and then they discuss it and they say, oh, it's so awful. President Trump is having feds actually, you know, take away some of these protesters, these innocent protesters. And I'm like, do you not see the same videos I see of everything getting destroyed and things being set on fire and graffiti everywhere? And and yet, you know, they're, you know, feeling horrible that, you know, President Trump might be grabbing, feds might be grabbing some of the key protesters and, you know, not. I don't believe that's what's really happening here. But, you know, I, again, I have friends that are um, also on the left. Now, again, I'm not, I'm going to say, um, although I am a Trump supporter, I'm, I, you know, regard myself as a libertarian. So I don't, you know, try to identify with either side because I like being in the middle and I like being in the middle of everything. And I think that's what, where you have the most clear mind most of the mm-hmm. time, at least I think so. But I, you know, uh, for example, though, just a little story yesterday, um, you know, we knew that the unemployment was running out and um, not me, but yeah, I a friend of mine yeah. and a friend of mine, and he was stressing out. And I said, well, you know, and I had been hearing how they were struggling with the uh, stimulus package. You know, the Democrats had all this padded stuff they wanted and Trump didn't want it and, and said, nope, forget it, no deal. And mm-hmm. then I had told my friend, I said, well, I think it's going to be okay because I know you're not crazy about Trump, but I said, um, you know, he really, he really does pride himself on the economy. I think it, I think we're going to be fine. You know, I don't think he's going to let us sink because my friend says, these are dark times. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills. And I said, uh, yeah, I think. And then I pulled up an article and I said, look, I said, he's going to sign an, an executive order to extend the, uh, unemployment benefits. So that's great. Yep. His response, it shocked me actually. And this is kind of gets into your mindset of how people think. And he says to me, that guy has lost his marbles. I don't believe a word he says that Trump is a deeply disturbed and sick man. And my mouth fell open because I just gave him some good news. I just gave him a, a like, okay, here's your solution. It's going to be fine. And he got upset. <laughs> Like what? I oh my! God. I don't get it. I don't understand. So that that just kind of gives you a little insight to that 
Trump, what do they call that? Trump derangement syndrome or something like that. Is that what that is? When the left just, no matter what he does, they hate it. They hate him. It doesn't matter. It's crazy. And so- yeah, he could yeah, give just American, to, each American a house, you know, debt free, and they would still be. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. We're in the economy now. We're in debt. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? And, it must be exhausting to be that angry all of the time about everything. I mean, I, and that's how I looked at at him, and I, I I love this friend dearly, but my my God, you know, it's like, dude, he's the unemployment is still there. It's going to still be there, you know. And you know, He's a sick man. <laughs> okay. And, and you know what's funny is, and this is something that I've observed, is you, you know, I'm a strong believer in the law of attraction and I'm a strong believer that you get what you put out there. And it's funny to me as I, as I look at the left going through these hard economic times and I look at the right going through the hard economic times and the left, especially the ones that are most vocal, are struggling they don't get unemployment for some reason or they're not able to get the loans and it's uh, you know because there's some small business owners and i lo- know a lot of small business owners and it's and then the right are all doing great or better or or thriving through it and it and it's just like your hate if anything that energy of hate that you don't think that anything that this government can do can benefit you is now paying off in reality now that the economy is taken the economy is really good you didn't want to recognize that you were looking for holes hope in the economy there are you know actual you know left activists saying we hope the economy crashes so that trump won't get reelected. i mean what the see hell? this is what this to me is all about everything going on right now Most of everything going on right now is because it's election year. I believe Trump and we we can probably get into the economy and on another episode because there's some really interesting things. In fact, just today, some interesting things rolled out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, I think that, yeah, they want to see the country crash and burn. And it's, and when I say they, it means, it means the left. It means the deep state. It means those that are, um, in charge of the central bank, those that are, you know, Trump is taking down a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And just recently he lowered the drugs, you know, for the EpiPen and some other things. And that is pissing a lot of people off in the sar- pharmaceutical industry. Um, right. He's pissing a lot of people off. A lot of people want to see him go down. So let's think about it. Um, he's making a lot of people lose money. He's making people go to jail. Some of these people are being accused of treason. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Okay, well, you hire a group of people after an incident happened, um, like the George Floyd incident, and mm-hmm. uh, you in- start inciting violence all over the place to make it look like, you know, people are pissed. I'm sure there there are right? There are some genuine people out there thinking I'm doing the right thing. I'm stat, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm standing up for black lives and their hearts in it. And great, God bless them. But I, I also think though, a lot of this is backed and funded um, by the left to go tear down statues, you know, go, go spray paint the federal buildings, burn buildings down, you know, let's take this country down. Um, and it's to try to make Trump look bad, but my opinion is it's backfiring on them. And I think it's backfiring on them a lot more than they realize. 
I agree. I agree with you. I do do think it's backfiring. I, you know, and I do want to say it's probably more the extreme left that is that are going yeah. to these like, you know, the people that I know that are friends and family that are left, you know, they're not going to these riots. They're not well, when I talk yeah, when yeah. I when I say the left, I mean the extreme extreme left, not the moderates, not the purse, not the people that lean left because, you know, they like to be socially conscious. I'm I'm talking like the ones that really want this country to burn down to the ground and become a socialist nation and become like Venezuela. Venezuela, for example. Right. I totally agree with you. And and it's also they work, it's the extreme left working in concert with the media because the media right. has, um, you know, they have a vested interest in all the hype and all the, you know, getting people angry because that means people are going to return and watch them some more and see what happens next. And they, they feel their um, views are justified and, you know, it's just this horrible loop and they just work They're they, they're in a great symbiotic relationship together. They really are. Um, but with that said, it's, it misleads a lot of people that aren't extreme left, they, they do justify the riots and them happening during COVID. I've heard so many, well, you know, you have to speak out even if there's a, you know, there's a, 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 a pandemic going on, you know, and, but then they won't even go to a fast food place out of fear that they might get COVID yet. They're saying, Hey, it's okay that these people are doing that. And it's just, it's such a contradiction. I, I just, it blows my mind, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I, just, I really, it's things have got to change. And I, I believe that there's a movement happening. And I believe that there is an awakening of, of people, not just in America, but in the whole world. And they're seeing these things for what they truly are. And honestly, I, I think without COVID, without us having a lot of time to ourselves to really look at a lot of this stuff, I think, some of us, and I know, Ronnie, you've been looking at this for years now, but for some of us, we did not get awake until this happened because we didn't have the time or the inclination to start researching this out. But now mm-hmm. kids can't do anything. <laughs> it's really easy to start Googling, start doing your own research and, and, and finding, hey, all this stuff I'm hearing from, you know, the left isn't, isn't what, it's, what they make it out to be. You know? I, and I do think the media... Um, and the left and the deep state and all of that, they're all tied in together. Yes, I agree. Because that's why there's so much uh, censorship happening, not only on TV, but on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, there's so much censoring happening. If you have a conservative point of view, they're trying to silence us. Right. And it's all tied in together. They're all in cahoots together. It's true. I, I agree. I agree. And I, I posted some articles on our Facebook page. Again, if you want to check out our Facebook page, it's called The Fringe Following and it's on Facebook. Um, and we'll also have a link on our website so that you can click on it to get there. And I'll be posting articles and certain things that have to do with what we talk about. So you can, if you want to start your research there, you can, if you don't, that's fine too, but it's just a resource for you. And um, one of the things that I posted today about media is that last week, MSNBC producer Ariana Picari, and I'm 
sorry if I don't say her name right, but there was absolutely no video coverage of this anywhere. I only was able to read it. So I have no way of knowing how to pronounce her last name, but she resigned from the network on the 4th of August. And she had some things to say. She said that the way that the system is built, it forces skilled journalists to make bad decisions on a daily basis. And then she quoted a TV veteran and that said, we are a cancer and there is no cure. But if you could find a cure, it would change the world. And she said the model blocks diversity of thought and content because the networks have incentive to amplify fringe voices, events, all at the expense of others, all because it pumps up the rating. And that this cancer risks human lives even in the middle of a pandemic. This, these are direct quotes from her that worked for mm-hmm. MSNBC. That, to me, is incredibly damning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's someone, yeah. you know, and it's, it's kind of hard to find the story. I had to go to Fox, and we've talked about Fox and how they're kind of questionable. But that's the only place I could really find a good coverage of this story other than, you know, the, the fringe papers that you kind of don't know if they're, you know, on the up and up or not. But, yeah, it really, like, wow, you know, I'm not the only one. Sometimes when I do this, I start feeling crazy because a lot of the people that I know in my regular circle don't feel the same way. They, they quote depress me like it's gospel. And then they look at these fringe uh, media sources as if they're the devil and, oh, well, you, you can't trust them. Da, da, da. Okay, but I'm, I'm finding a lot of holes in mainstream media's sources and what they say. And so when I hear someone from the media say this, I'm like, oh, thank God, you know. Um, So I did a little bit more research. And Barry Weiss, um, who's female, she also resigned from the New York Times in July. And in a scathing resignation letter, she said, I don't want to live in a world where the views of half the country can't be heard in the paper of record. And that, I fear, is where we're headed. All it takes is a dozen people to repeat a lie about you, that you're erased, for that lie to become true. And that's very dangerous. She joined the paper in 2017 because New York Times was shocked that they couldn't predict the 2016 election outcome. So they actually hired her to give to help give a different voice to the paper. However, she ultimately quit um, just last week, or just last month, rather, because of the abuse from her coworkers, because she had different views. So even though they hired her for her different views, she ultimately got kicked, you know, ousted out because nobody would respect those views and they gave her such a hard time over it. So, you know, I look at all of this and it's like, we are being suppressed. And here are people from the actual press saying that one probably leaned towards the right, um, you know, but the other one, didn't say which wing she leaned or not. I think she, it wasn't political. She was just disgusted with how the press was, the Ariana. And it just, it blows my mind, you know, that this, nobody stops to say, hey, we've got to change this. And as you've mentioned, Ronnie, the, the six media, you know, it's all owned by six companies, the entire media machine. It's probably not going to change anytime soon. You know, I, I, I just don't know. What- I had heard that as well. Um, and I, I've also heard that there's a lot of 
fighting going on behind the scenes and a lot of the, uh, like, you know, the New York Times and different media sources across the country. I, I kind of believe that. Um, I, I, you know, if you believe in Operation Mockingbird, <laughs> and if you don't, you've never heard of that? No. Mm-mm. Or maybe okay. I have, I've forgotten. It does sound slightly I think you do. You have, you have, because it's where, remember that one YouTube video that was floating around where there was local news stations saying the exact same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. Operation Mockingbird. That's a CIA operative. Um, I mean, who do you think is putting out these messages? You think it's just media independent? It isn't because they're all saying the same thing. Yes. And there's a really good, in fact, I will probably post that on our site. There's a really good video that shows all these media people saying the exact same thing all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's being manipulated. This isn't, I don't really believe um, any news organization has their own independent way of thinking. You know, Um, I mean, you have your opinion pieces, you have your opinion people, you have you know, Tucker Carlson, of whom we've talked about a little bit before. Uh, but as far as the whole, you know, say like Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, um, the whole entity of those places are being controlled and manipulated from mm-hmm. above them. They're being told what to say. They're being told what to report. Um, so who's doing that? You know, right. who's, 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 the, who's behind the curtain? Yes. Yes. And, and, and again, you start, people will hear this. Oh, you're just conspiracy theorists and all that. Mm-hmm. And no, I don't think, no, I think a lot of people are starting to get on that bandwagon of saying, yeah, you know what? Media is full of it. You know, I oh, I agree with you there. I agree yeah. with you there, but and, and that's why, behind the curtain. Right. I don't know if I could sell that line to a lot. And that's why, you know, if you go on channels like the X 22 report on, on YouTube and he mm-hmm. reports on, you know, against what the media mainstream media is saying. And he is reporting how he sees it. It it's wildly popular. So people are starting to actively look for alternative news sources because they're sick to death of being lied to. Um, you know, I know here at the fringe following, we do our best. We don't, we're not reporters. We're just, you know, we're just kind of putting it out there for what, how we see it. And you know, I tend to believe that we're going to be in line with a lot of people. And then of course, a lot of people we won't, but um, this is just a, 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 sh- a talk show about what is currently going on and it. And um, yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. we, and, and, and we're here to call light to these things that people may not, if, I mean, if we do give you an epiphany, you know, please let us know. Again, I've always encouraged her comments, but let us know if there's something that we've said that, made you go, hmm, or made you look further. Most of all, we just want to start the discussion, the discussions that aren't being had in the mainstream narrative. And, you know, show, tell, show you other resources, show you other ways of thinking about events and not just taking everything at face value. Um, Because, you know, through everything that we've looked at, you know, I, I there's no way I could take anything at face value now. I, I don't know about you, <laughs> Ronnie. No, absolutely not. In fact, when I want to know what's going on, I mean, I I have such a deep mistrust now for mm-hmm. what information is out there. 
I don't want to look on CNN. I don't. And especially I used to look on the Drudge Report all the time until I learned that Matt Drudge sold himself out. And now it's just a big, giant hit piece on Trump all the time. So Mm -hmm. whoever is running that site now, whether it's him or somebody else, um, you know, when you when you look, it's just giant headlines that are, you know, anti-Trump and. Um, in fact, I haven't been there in a while. I think the last time I visited there was probably back in February when the coronavirus was starting to take hold. Yeah. And it was still kind of anti-Trump and everything. Oh yeah, it still is. Even as I'm looking now at the headlines, you know? So, um, Anyway, so like today, you know, when I was trying to figure out what was going on with the executive order on the uh, coronavirus relief package and all that stuff, um, I'm like, where do I look? You know, because who can you trust? Right, right. Well, I mean, I I did find it on USA Today and not that I trust them, but I mean, they were pretty factual about it that he signed the executive order for certain things to happen, such as $400 a week um, until the end of the year, I believe, for unemployment. And also um, the student loans, if you have a student loan, they've been delayed until the end of the year as well. And there was something else that I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, you know, that's an executive order. So I believe that doesn't have to go through Congress, right? Forgive my ignorance. No, but yeah. there's talk that there might be legality issues down the road. Um, of I don't know if that's true or not. You know? <laughs> of course there is. There's, there's always talk, you know, so he can't do that. He can't do that. Well, yeah, yeah, he can, you know, and why would they want to block something that's helping Americans just out of hatred for him? This is helping so many families and it's helping the economy, you know, and mm-hmm. you're right. He always prides himself on the economy. And like him or hate him and like his ego or hate him, he is not going to let it tank and he'll be God, he'll be damned if he will let it tank, you know? And so, um, and thank God for that. I don't want to be in a very poor situation right now due to COVID. I mean, do you, Ronnie? You know, I mean, no, who does? (laughs) But, but, but there's, but there's people blocking these, these directives and it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, they're, they're up on top and they have nothing to worry about currently. Well, they do. But I'm talking like, you know, as far as uh, that's the thing, Nancy Pelosi, for example, she's so out of touch. She's so out of touch oh, with God, with yeah. what the everyday American even goes through, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the problem with our government right now is um, they've we've allowed and we should blame ourselves. We've been asleep too long. Mm-hmm. We've allowed these people to do whatever the hell they want when they want and to rake in the benefits. I mean, it should not be when you go into office that you come out later a multimillionaire. How does that even happen? You know, um, it doesn't, you know, and I'm not against being wealthy, but to me, there's just a lot of corruption going on. So they're so out of touch with what the average person goes through on a daily basis. It's just, it's sad. Oh, I agree. And, you know, America, you're, I just want to tell you, you're, many of you are so blind and lazy to what's really going on. And you believe what your Congress people tell you, and you believe, 
you believe in them, you believe in your party, you know, you've got to start researching things on your own. You have to start looking into things and not just believing everything at its face value. It is destroying our country because doing all of this, researching all this, it's work. Wouldn't you say it's work, Ronnie? (laughs) Yeah, it is because it's not readily available. And you have to kind of look through the layers of bullshit, you know, to see what's really going on. And then you have to be careful not to run into more disinformation, misinformation, because some people can run with things, you know, they run with it. Um, Like, for example, and I'm going to touch up on this just a little bit, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, I I'd seen on uh, Twitter, you know, because I have an account where I follow some you know, crazy accounts, and then some are not so crazy, and and I follow some news sources and things like that. But you know, so a lot of people were crying out saying, "Yeah, this George Floyd thing—it was a staged event. It was crisis mm-hmm. actors." And I'm like, eh, I don't think so. Um, so you have to be careful there. So you got to, you know, somewhere in this mess, this chaos, is the truth, and. Um, it's up to us to discern what makes the most sense. And I think I've said that before. That's true. Yeah. No, I love that you mentioned the George Floyd, um, you know, George Floyd is alive in an island drinking a, you know, a margarita somewhere. Okay. Maybe. I even listened to a, a woman running for Congress that, you know, talks about that he's still alive and the inconsistencies in the videos but I just couldn't find enough to bring it up here and actually bring it up as an alternative um, story to what the mm-hmm. mainstream media is. I just couldn't. And right. And that. And when I started today, I thought that was going to be my slant. But when I started going through all the everything, I'm like, you know what? No, I I, I can't sit here and tell people that he's alive. There's just not enough evidence no, no, for me. No, no. I mean, the, the thing is, we don't really know. We don't know. We only know what's presented to us. We weren't there. We don't know what happened. I mean, they had said that when he got taken away, there wasn't even the EMTs that came that took him away. It was some, what, more more police that came? That's I, what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. The situation was really kind of strange and weird, but... Um, mm-hmm. But do I think that, you know, George Floyd is a paid crisis actor? No, I don't think so. Um, and I don't think the cops were either, you know. Yeah, I, just, no. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, this goes with the whole truther movement of 9-11, and this goes with mm-hmm. the mass shootings, and, oh, everybody's a crisis actor. I don't know. Um, I'm going to just not form an opinion either way on that. I'm just trying to look at it at a bigger picture sort of way and mm-hmm. say that, yes, I think this really happened. I think he did die of what we don't know how he got held down was wrong. Yes, it was wrong. They handled it wrong. Um, whether they killed him or not is besides the point, the way they handled it was wrong. Um, and I'll always say that, but yeah. I do believe though that, and then, you know, he had black lives matter go out there and they have their, you know, best interests at heart, at least they think they do. And they're doing, trying to do the right thing, but then it got hijacked. I think the whole movement got hijacked. It got hijacked by the left. It got hijacked by Antifa. It got, because it was trying to, it's trying to tear down the country. It's trying to make uh, racism an issue when 
I personally don't believe it is, but again, clear instance and yeah, it exists, but this is not, we don't live in the time of the slavery anymore. You know, we don't, this is not what this is. So, um, I, and I don't, I think the democratic party has done a huge disservice to the African-American people. I think they've made many promises over the years and they haven't done anything for them. All they cared about was their vote. They don't care. And they actually, you know, it's been said that the inner cities of these democratic run places, they call them plantations. (laughs) And that's a terrible thing to say, but that's what they call them, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what, that's what I think is really happening here. And I don't think Democrats really care about the African-American community. There might be a few. When I say Democrats, I'm not saying like every single one of them, but I'm saying the ones at the top. I don't think they care. No, I, really I don't. don't. Yeah, we're talking more the politicians and those. The, the politicians is what I'm always referring to. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and yeah, I just, I, I think they're a pawn in their grand scheme of things. And um, I watch if, you know, if you ever really <clears throat> wonder how government is ran and, I'm, you know, I don't know how accurate it is, but House of Cards is something to watch. Kevin Spacey, <laughs> standing. Um, um, but yeah, it just, there, there is this um, one scene um, in uh, episode I forget what number, but it was season five episode. It was either episode two or three of season five. And the um, Underwoods were in charge and they were president and they um, made up all of these terrorist events and actually used them to their advantage. So the Americans would be so fearful that they would keep them in office. Did you, did you see that? I watched House of Cards many years ago and I'm glad I did before I found out what Kevin Spacey's all about, but um, I don't particularly recall the episode, but it's pretty much known now that the Democrats have a playbook. They have a playbook and their playbook is division. Their playbook is fear. Um, There's also been weird talk that, um, (laughs) that they're going to try to fake an alien invasion, which would not surprise me by now. And if you've noticed that the Pentagon has been slowly releasing alien information and you're going, what the hell is going on here? And it makes me wonder, it's like, are they setting us up for a fake alien invasion now? Is this what's happening? You know, I mean, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I mean, yeah, that would be the next one. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. Because they're not, you know, I don't think, I think the COVID thing is starting to slowly fall apart from what the, just by the comments I'm reading everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is George Floyd, just by all the comments I'm reading everywhere. Really? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I, today, when I was doing my research, I was like, I couldn't find a, a pro one anywhere. It was all, really, yeah. It's like the media has lied to us, and yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Right. Yeah, I love to read the comments because it kind of gives you a good indication of what people are thinking as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the narratives are starting to fall apart, fall apart, fall apart. Now, you know, you still have some who are still hanging on, like my friend I was just talking about earlier. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're going to run oh, into that. I but I don't. People still hanging on. Yeah. yeah it, 
Right. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they just don't want to believe that they've been lied to all this time because it makes them feel vulnerable and uneducated. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. You know, know. It's, it's like, well, I listen to NPR. Yeah, but yeah, NPR is pretty left too. No, they're not. Uh, yeah, they pretty much are actually. Um, well, I don't know where you get your information. Well, I, I, I look at other things. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, with the house of cards, with one thing on there, there was a quote from Claire Underwood and it pretty much encapsulates 2020 to me. And she says, it's amazing how ready people are, be, are to be afraid. It's amazing yeah. how ready people are to be afraid. And it's just like, yes, it is. How everyone scurried, including myself, during the COVID crisis, especially at the beginning, and how everything has happened since then, it's all fear-driven. It's completely fear-driven. And it's it's amazing to me. And people want to stay in that fear. I, I couldn't. I could not stay. No, in that no. But no. Pe people will actively find reasons to stay in that fear, even now. And um, now that it's become political, you know, you would be going against your whole party if you don't continue with the fear. And so it's kind of this self-fulfilling loop, you know, they, they can't face themselves. So keeping in that fear keeps them going with everything that they believe in politically as well. It's kind of a sick, um, twisted juncture there of everything that they're thinking and doing. But yeah, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, I just... Yeah, that's why I think it's not always a good idea to become overly attached to any affiliation or party, really, because at any given time, that party could um, turn. Um, that party could change its ways. I mean, we've witnessed this. I guess we witnessed this with the Democratic Party, although from what I understand, they've always been, uh, you know, I, I heard they're the ones that created the KKK. I don't know how the true that is. I, I would. I need to really look back on some sources and, and read about that some more. I saw someone debunk that the other day, but I didn't really. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah. I'm just going to say I don't know about that one. Uh -huh. But um, but I can tell you this, though. They're not what who they are 30 years ago or 40 years ago, um, yeah. 50 years ago. They're, they're definitely changed. Um, and Lincoln was definitely Republic, and he definitely was trying to get yeah. slavery abolished. And so that was against the Democrats. So that one is pretty hard to disprove, honestly. <laughs> All right. So then, you know, maybe right there is your answer because if yeah. the Democrats were against that, then, mm -hmm. okay, then we, maybe we have our answer. Yeah. Um, right. So, but, but the, but in the last few decades, the Democratic Party has been really good about trying to cover that up. Like, oh, we care about you know, the black community so much and, oh, you know, we need to really help them. And then, then they, you know, they make them believe that and then they vote for them. And then guess what? They're back to where they were be right. from before, maybe even worse. Right. Right. I agree. I agree with you. Definitely. Oh, thank you very much, listeners, for listening in. We can't do this show without you. Please give us um, 
please give us ratings, comments, um, wherever you see or hear us, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, just give us a shout out. Let us know you're listening. Um, if you agree or disagree, we'd just love to hear from you and, um, join us as we will be covering more interesting news stories, especially in 2020. We can't get enough of them. We could meet every day and still not cover everything. So thank you very much for joining us. And thank you, Ronnie. Thank you. Yes. And um, we'll see you next time, America.